And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Mr. and Mrs. America and all the ships at sea, conversationalists across the fruit of plain, princes of the universe, captains courageous, and the ladies who lunch, and the people from the wrong side of the tracks, it's Open Line Friday. And yes, I'm late, but I'm here. All right, we are going to go ahead and do this and put the uh, put the call in the chat. Those of you who are here, I appreciate everybody sticking around and uh, and hanging out until I could get back. I had I had to run an errand, and then oh wait, I can't pin. What do you mean I can't pin that? I can't pin that in Rumble. That's interesting. All right. So anyway, all right. I had I had stuff I had stuff I had to do. <coughs> so here we are. It's Friday, open line Friday, which means you get to to drop in here and uh, speak your mind. Of course, I have to turn everything on because I haven't turned anything on yet. Because I'm running late. Give a shout out to everybody who is listening to this show as a podcast. We have people all over the world, and you can listen to us on a number of different podcast players. Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Stitcher, TuneIn. Uh, there's, there, there's everywhere. But I do uh, want to have you, you know, check in every now and again with the live stuff because, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words. And sometimes I have more than a thousand words and I want to uh, I want to speak my mind. Y'all can speak your mind. Join us over on the Discord. See how I did that? Because I am a professional. I am a highly trained broadcast professional. 34 years in this business. All right. Uh, email address live from the bunker at sci-fi for me.com. What does the P stand for in the middle name? It is not Panther. <laughs> it is not Panther. Um, I um, Usually the people who try to guess don't guess it right on the first try. So we'll, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> I have a name that starts with P. All right, we're just going to jump in here and and do this. Let's let's just let's just roll. Cam is our first caller. Welcome, sir. Hi, I haven't seen you in a while. Hi. Good afternoon. How you doing? Not too bad. All right. What's up? Well, I just had a light topic. Um, <laughs> I I thought I'd uh, give a few comments on uh, Diablo Four, which is uh, just had ended two weeks of. Uh, beta testing well two weekends of beta oh testing. yes right that's right that's right yeah um yeah go ahead i i don't know anything about it so it's all yours 
Okay, it's just for people that might not know anything about it. It's an it's an action RPG, which um, is is you know different from an MMO. Basically, you're just running around fighting things. Um, it's the fourth in the series. The first one started, I think, in the late '90s. Um, the last one, Diablo three, came out in 2012. So this one is scheduled to release uh, its regular full release on June sixth. 6th 2023 okay. by the way i'm not associated with blizzard in any way i'm just a fan right, <laughs> so right this right. isn't no, like I an advertisement that. or something yeah. um, by, by, by the way i should i should for, interject for though however hang on hang on hang on okay i should interject because i'll take this opportunity to interject if anybody does want to advertise with us i'm open to that conversation all right so all right continue let me let me let me get out of your way Go ahead. Sure. Um, so uh, it, it went pretty well. Um, it, it was it was fun. There's uh, currently five classes to play. I, I tried playing all five of them over the two weekends. Um, mechanically, it seems pretty smooth. There were some glitches and things with servers. That's that was kind of a famous problem with Diablo three was their um, their errors and people trying to log in. Um, the game is you you are required to have an, an internet connect a live internet connection to play um uh and and so the, the game actually plays a lot like diablo 3 um but there i don't want to go too far into the history of it but there's there's some acrimony between fans of different versions of the game and diablo 3 uh, ended shocked. up being disliked by a lot of players wait there's, there's <laughs> yeah there's yeah exactly. there's a disturbance in the force there are fans who are arguing with fans oh <sighs> Never heard of such. A thing. I know it's it's hard to believe, but you know, in this case, it happened. Right. Um, but it, it, in it, my estimate is it's it's kind of a, a combination between Diablo two and Diablo three, um, and but they're adding in what they're saying, you know, basically referred to as MMO elements, uh, which is something that I discussed on their forums back in 2013 or 2014 and i was told you're a moron you know no no game's ever gonna like this is ever gonna have that well you know 10 years later here we are yeah um so that's my humble brag on that but um bottom line uh it, it was it was fun for me um it's not a particularly difficult game um something casual players could enjoy um and i'd recommend checking it out it's not cheap it's like the lowest cost version i think is 70 dollars and then you have you know like two higher levels at uh, eighty and ninety, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, question in the chat from MS: Why is it called Devil? I get well Diablo Four. Do you fight the devil at some point in the game? Uh, it is a completely uh, fictional world, not based on Earth in any way. Um, and the main villain from the original game is is called Diablo, um, and they're. In short, there's a <clears throat> a setup where it's basically demons versus angels is mm. kind of the setup, and then humanity is trapped between, and and you know it's the eternal conflict is what it's called. So, gotcha. okay, all right. Well, that's good to know. Uh, see, I I again peaked at Atari 2600, so I'm peripherally aware of some of this stuff. Uh, we had reported on the beta uh, a couple of weeks ago, but I. I guess you're the first person that I've that I that we have any contact with that's actually played it. So uh, that's that's good to to get some of that feedback for people to to do that. So. Sure. All right. And, and what what else you want to opine on? Mm, I don't know. Uh, 
nothing really. I mean, <laughs> just, you know, business as usual going, oh, well, the, actually, you know, now that I think about it, the whole Marvel thing <laughs> right. uh, with Disney is is interesting and where that's going to end up. Yeah. Um, I don't expect there to be any huge day-to-day changes, but, you know, they're basically dismantling Marvel as its own entity, it seems. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting take. I hadn't thought about that. Um, as far as getting getting Marvel, do you think they're getting ready to sell Marvel? That somebody I forget who brought that up. Um, but that that was an interesting take. Uh, I think we touched on this on the Discord briefly. Uh, you know, I don't know what Disney's interest is in Marvel beyond the movies, and right. and frankly, the the bloom is off. The movies as well you know so going forward i don't know how much of a, a a major profit mover it's going to be for disney i'm sure it, it will be and they'll continue to make you know um you know live action shows and maybe cartoons as well um but you know the, the comics have no value is likely has no value i i it they're probably well, actually losing money on the comics the only the only uh the only reason to keep Marvel Comics active is to maintain the IP so they can farm it for television and movies. I mean that that's basically what that what it is that they're doing because as long as they as long as they can control the Marvel characters and exploit them in other media, uh, they can make money that way. You know, merchandise and and film and TV, and then um, you've got you know the comic books are there. But I, I think the comic books are a loss leader at this point. Otherwise, they'd be putting a lot more money into marketing it. But I think they oh, yeah. know, I think they know that they have a problem with Marvel Comics, uh, with regard to writers and staff and activism and the low quality on the stories and the artwork and stuff. If they had any interest, uh, any concern at all on that front, then we would have seen Marvel Comics clean house a long while ago. I think they're just doing that. I I think they're just keeping it just to make sure that they can, you know, maintain their ownership of the characters for, for filmed media. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. It's like, who, who would actually want to buy the, uh, you know, the comics portion of it at this point, it's, you know, anybody that did their due diligence would say this makes no money. I mean, and then you have companies like um, IDW, for example, that has licensed a lot of things, and they're losing millions of dollars a year. Yeah, uh, it doesn't appear to be a lucrative business. But you brought up merchandising, and that's that's a good point. Is how much money do they make on, you know, uh, well, the old you know t-shirts and lunchboxes, um, and and if that's you know it, it it might not be worth selling to them. You know yeah. is is the bottom line. It's you know they, they I'm sure they're not going to give up agreements for things like the movies, so they'd have to do that. And you know so it's it's probably not worth their attention. And well, like you were saying, uh, you know why it's such a mess is because it hasn't been worth their attention for a long time. The, yeah. the comics literally don't matter. Right, and, and and I think that's the case over at DC as well. Although David Zaslav has said things in the past on some earnings call uh, that would seem to indicate that he has a little bit more care about the source material than the folks at Disney. Now, Bob Chapek, the rumor was at one point Bob Chapek confronted Kevin Feige about Ironheart, you know, and and showed that he was aware of 
well, she's her book's not selling. Why would you want to use her? Uh, but that's a rumor. We didn't have any con- confirmation that that, that that conversation ever took place. But David Zaslav has publicly, publicly said on the earnings calls that, uh, that DC Comics is an important piece of, of things. So I would say that uh, DC's maybe in a better position than Marvel is, but neither one of them are doing all that well. But I, I do think with Dawn of DC, with this new initiative they've got over there, it, it seems like, just on the outside looking in, it seems like somebody woke up and said, uh, hey, guys, maybe we should do something to s- sell these to make money. So I, who knows? Marvel hasn't gotten the memo yet. Yeah, but do you, I think there's a similarity between the two also because DC Comics doesn't exist anymore. Uh, I, I think it's what are they, it's just DC or DC Entertainment or something, which is, again, yeah. kind of been rolled in or, or, or transformed on whatever their operating group is. And the same thing is kind of happening with Marvel, it appears. Right. So but long term, you've got the you've got the overall entity as DC Entertainment, but DC Comics is the product. So you still yes. have you still have that operation within uh, within DC Entertainment. It's not its own thing. It's a division of DC Entertainment, you know, you know, subsidiary, subsidiary, subsidiary. But you still have what it feels like uh, somebody in editorial higher up kind of kind of started to read the tea leaves a little bit. And and maybe maybe they're trying to turn it around. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, it's going to be a good question, but I, I mean, I think anyone would have a hard case say, uh, case to make saying that producing comics is a moneymaker at all. Yeah. I mean, it well, isn't. it's it's doing okay for the indie crowd, but not True. for the that, yeah, too. different story there. <laughs> yeah. By the way, let me let me uh, speaking of which, let me pull this up here real quick. Bound for the sticks. We've talked to bon, uh, Bonsart Bocal about this. Uh, this closes out today. Uh, this is the last day. It's got 26 hours left. If you want to get involved in this one over on Kickstarter, uh, that's uh, that's something just to bring that to your attention as well. Why is OBS glitching on me? OBS is doing something weird. All right. Stop that. Stop that. Why are you doing? Okay. Then my camera does this thing. This, you know, okay. All right. Emma uh, says, producing comics can make money if you know how to run a business. Maybe. <laughs> uh, Stop says, you think Marvel would be doing better since her movies are considered more successful than DC? See, the thing is, if you're going to do that, then, you know, this is something we've been talking about for forever. If you're going to have your, your movies in the, in, the, in the theaters, you should have the comic books in the, in the movie theater lobby. The problem is that you get all of these comic books that don't have the same characters. You know, I mean, you had Jane Foster Thor, and you had uh, um, uh, Amadeus Cho was the Hulk, and you had the She-Hulk, and you had all of the... Uh, Riri Williams, and Tony Stark's dead, and you've got Sam Sam is, the, is Captain America. None, none of the comic book characters at the time matched the characters that we were seeing in the movies. So you go to the comic book shop and say, hey, I want to I, I want to see Thor. Well, you pick up a comic book that's a Thor comic book, and it's not Thor. It's in the movie. 
There was, there was that whole, that, that marketing synergy just wasn't there. Marvel has a terrible track record on that front. Yeah, it's like it didn't even occur to them. Uh, yeah. That was, you know, it was maybe the one of the last chances to to bring an audience into the comics again and right. and they completely blew it or or they just didn't care. I think it's the latter. I think I think it's it's not a it's not a significant enough business uh, line item for them to really care about it. Because, you know, how many people are reading comics? 30,000 people, 100,000 people. How many people go to the movies? Well, you know, a couple of million. I mean, it's 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 all numbers at this point. Yeah, a top-selling comic today, you know, you're if if it hits 100,000, that's considered a wild success. Yeah. All right, so if it's now joining us in the chat, welcome, sir. Oh. Hello. Am I, am I on? Oh, I'm working. All right. Just uh, to be fair on your last points there, guys, um, you know, Marvel is transitioning. It's, um, and I use that word on purpose, transitioning its uh, TV here, or sorry, movie heroes to the, uh, to its comic book heroes, right? Mm-hmm. Or at least that was their plan. I don't think I don't know that it's going to work. Right? They were going to introduce Ruby Williams. They were going to I mean, they've introduced uh, Girl Thor. Um, so I haven't seen uh, uh, Asian Hulk yet, but uh, well, he's he's not he's not in one, the but, movies uh, yet. But you know, I there expect are we'll probably we'll probably get him uh, by the time we get to Young Avengers. Because they're 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 laying the groundwork for Young Avengers to show up eventually. We've got most of them in the the TV realm at this point. So, the, yeah, Miss Marvel. Would anyone expect that 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 is going to suddenly find a, a an audience where it it failed so miserably in the comics? Though, I mean, I, maybe I, you know the audiences might be different, but they the, seem to think so. Well, they seem to think a lot of things. <laughs> Well, I think what's going to happen uh, is... I mean, I, I agree with you. I don't think that's going to be successful at all. I mean, if you can't no. sell it to comic book fans, well, I think, how are you going to sell it to the normies? Well, the, the thing is, you've got, uh, with Victoria Alonso on the way out, and now this, this fact established that nobody is safe, there are rumblings that Kevin Feige could be at risk as well. So if these movies continue to do badly... Feige's not safe, and you know if DC can pull it together, if James Gunn and Peter Safran can deliver something that actually makes money on the order that it needs to for Warner Brothers to sit there and go, hey, it's a hit, then Marvel is now, you know, set back on their on their heels, and they're going to have to adjust and pivot the way DC has had to do all this time, and Feige could be the next one on the chopping block. I mean, if you get, they've already, I mean, how many times have they delayed the Marvels? <clears throat> and if that one doesn't do well, and it probably won't, then who's to say that, uh, that, that Feige doesn't lose his job in the next year. Cause Kathleen Kennedy is not even safe at this point from what we're hearing. Uh, you know, the reports of that meeting that she had with Bob Iger last week, you know, some some are saying, you know, according to Sparrow, 
on the inside telling Cameron Pasha she's she's mouthing and telling everybody what was in that meeting. And essentially she's been told, rumor has it, she's been told that if Indiana Jones doesn't make a profit, she's fired. I mean, fired and frog marched, not not just, you know, you can quietly go away. It's you're done. So, you know, yeah, this could be an interesting year. It seems like Iger is getting frisky uh, over there. You know, he's um, I think he's, he's angry. Just sitting on his hands. I think yeah, he's I think angry he's... at the whole thing. You know, the meltdown pandemic aside, the meltdown and the disintegration of his legacy. Because all of this is, you know, Bob Iger's legacy is coming down around him, the house of fire. And now he's got to fix it in order to save his own reputation to do whatever comes next. I still think he's got political ambitions. And all of this stuff happening with Reedy Creek and with the, 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 parental, the, you know, the parental rights and education bill and DeSantis and the, the trans stuff and the LGBTQ stuff and, and parks, all of this stuff, everything with JPEG, all of this stuff is just, you know, it's, he's putting out fires now. And Karen McCarthy's lawsuit doesn't help. You know, the fact yeah, he's he's gotten rid of Victoria Alonso, but now, hey, Jonathan Majors has been arrested and charged with assault. And we've got an update on that we'll get to here in a minute. But, you know, it's you know, the thing about uh, all that, you're right. I think that's I think that's Iger's mindset. But I, I do want to note that a lot of the things that are blamed on JPEC, who was a, a twerp in my view, are, are Iger's doing, you know, oh, yeah. Chapek kind of inherited a lot of nonsense from, from Iger and, and Iger is now kind of acting like, well, I got to fix his, yeah. his problem. Well, well and, and the trades, the trades are going along with that. The media is going along with mm -hmm. that, with that narrative. It's, it's us in the alternate media that are, are putting out the story that's, you know, th this was, this was Bob Chapek's plan all along. It's just now Iger is implementing it, and he's the hero because you know, you know, well, you know, we can we can now mischaracterize Bob Chapek, and if he's got an NDA and can't say anything, or else he loses however many millions were in the deal, you know, he, he there's got to be a reason why we haven't heard from Bob Chapek yet, and it's got to be a really, really, really good legal, airtight, solid, you shut up and sit down deal, or he loses more than he gains. And I I would wonder how long that's going to last. Because if Disney is completely falling apart, who's to say they would be able to make their deals anyway? He could finally have enough and, you know, have, you know... Uh, I'm I'm waiting for Chapek to say something. Well, it might be that he doesn't care at this point. He got his golden parachute, and he's like, you know, fine. I don't need the noise at this point. Yeah, I mean, it depends but, on how big his ego is. But in that industry, though, I mean, reputation goes a long way, and and Chapek's reputation has been trashed. And and if it were me, I would be front and center in front of a whole bunch of microphones the way the way we hear Victoria Alonso is planning to do. I would be front and center, Bob. If I'm Bob Chapek and I've got somebody sitting there saying that it's it's my fault that Disney is falling apart, no sorry, Bob. Let me tell you what's what, and I would be in front of every every microphone I could find, 
and I would be blasting Disney because I tried to fix it. Here was my plan to fix it. And look, Bob Iger's implementing my plan. This was my plan. Look, here's this memo, and here's this memo, and th this is yeah. what I was planning to do. I would be right well, out there in front everywhere doing it. But, yeah, he's <laughs> he's got to have begin, been given a heck of a deal to to keep him quiet. But I think Chapek – I don't disagree with you that, uh, you know, uh, that could be the case. But Chapek is a marshmallow. He laid down for a, a bunch of people that he supposedly was the boss of. He He just – took it and did what he was told for a lot of the stuff. He went against his own instincts with, again, with the parental notification bill and such. He came out and was like, look, this is not our, you know, Disney's not in the arena of politics. And then uh, a, a few minutes later, he got a talking to, and it's like, oh yeah, suddenly we're coming out and saying that, you know, the government of Florida is illegitimate. And, and we say this, Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, the guy was, was easily manipulated. Well, Maybe that's why he's keeping quiet. I don't know if it was so much that he was manipulated as I think he was outmaneuvered. And I think sure. that, you know, it's it's kind of like and not to get too deep in the weeds on politics here. But when you talk about Trump's first first uh, term as president, you know, he comes in and say, I'm going to drain the swamp. I'm going to do all this and clean things up. And then he gets in there and realizes just how much is dead set against him. Not not just from the opposition, but his own party. And I think when yeah. Chapek, when Chapek finally, you know, when he got the New Deal unanimous, you know, extension, new three-year contract to be CEO, the board voted unanimously to do it. He, I think he figured at that point, well, okay, I've got a mandate now. It's time to clean house. And didn't realize just how much the cards were stacked against him because you got a bunch of Bob Iger's operatives that were still in place. And then this FTX thing's happened, and now we're starting to see some of these big investment companies like uh, Dark Stone <clears throat> and, and the others having their financial troubles. I have a feeling that JPEG was getting close to something they didn't want him to know. Yeah, I think you're right. There, there's, there's some likely some dirty dealings that have not been revealed yet. Yeah, I think so. And, and once it comes in, and I think one of the things that Iger is looking at is getting all of this stuff cleaned up before all that comes out, because that comes out while he's still in charge of Disney, then he's done politically. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I mean, that's just, that's just my theory. So, yeah. <laughs> I, do I, I would look, I would roll back a little and look at, I mean, maybe superheroes are really done in the movies. I mean, DC hasn't been doing so well itself. I mean, Shazam, I was just looking at some of the, uh, the Metacritic scores and the, I mean, they're not, you know, they're yeah. a little bit over the place, but they're, uh, you know, they're not, there's, that's been getting a lot of bad buzz too. I mean, well, part of the maybe... problem with Shazam is the fact that it doesn't matter. You know, James Gunn comes out there and says the flash is the reset button and the flash comes out after Shazam and you know now it doesn't matter because it's not part of the new DC universe. I so think that's why the should, real reason why it's I think it's part of it. Well. I think it's part of it. Um, and and some of it could be backlash about Henry Cavill. You fired Cavill. I'm not going to go see your movie. Oh my! Uh, well, I I'm seeing these. Uh, I haven't seen it myself, but I'm seeing these uh, 
reviews that it's not quite like the first one. It's not that same sort of right. uh, that same feel, and that's what people expect from it, and that's why it's not doing well. But uh, I think know, it's some of the Metacritic of scores. I think it's are... all of those things. Because because Ant Man's the same combination. Way. You know, Quantum Mania is not an Ant Man movie. Quantum Mania is a let's set up Kang as the new Thanos movie, and it doesn't fit the other two Ant Man movies, which were heist films. They yeah. were smaller. No, they I were agree. More I, it's you know, I've seen it. Ant Man three is just a it's just a poor movie overall. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's an it's all. I... I didn't see the third one, but I liked the first two. It, they weren't very popular with a lot of people, but they were some of my favorite MCU movies. Yeah. Well, they are they're head and shoulders better than the third one for sure. I mean, okay. it's just it's nothing like the third one. It's a it's a mess. You can see the, uh, you know, you can look at it and go, "What the heck?" It's obvious it's been cut and spliced um, all over the place. I mean, it takes forever to reveal reveal the, uh, you know, what's going on with the bad guy. It's like drip 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 it takes i don't know an hour or so into it before um the uh for what's her name uh, so you know so uh, uh michelle pfeiffer has spent 30 years in the quantum realm right and mm-hmm. she just doesn't bother to tell um there's been this guy kang running the place all over the place and, and doing all these bad things she doesn't bother to tell anybody about it yeah ever like and then when they finally get sucked into the quantum realm where this information might be, you know, you can, you know, you can see why she's a little embarrassed about talking about it because, you know, she was basically dating the guy. She might not want to tell her husband about it. Right. But uh, once they finally get sucked into the quantum realm, she's like the drip, drip, drip of the information, like uh, uh, her and um, uh, Mike, uh, Michael, uh, Michael Douglas, character. Michael yeah. Douglas are yeah. together. And she's like, you know, really reluctant to sort of tell him what the heck's going on. Who is this guy, right? And, yeah. And should we be worried? And you know, they're all. And she's just like, you know, it takes about an hour or more for the, the information to finally come out. Like, you know, you're sitting there watching, going, "Why doesn't she just tell him?" But yeah, yeah, it's it's placed together. It's just not a good movie. Disappointing. Well, and the one thing I'm gonna say about this, for what I do here, and. I do listen to our Good Morning Multiverse, and I do pull stories for it. And so we report on this stuff, and it was just like, oh, Shazam's coming out? Okay. Oh, that Ant-Man movie's coming out. I mean, that's... that, And I, I, I do things that talk about this, and you guys keep talking about Marvels. Is that the one that Brie Larson's ticked off, that she's not the main character? Yes, yes that is. Okay, that see, is. that's the extent I know about the Marvels. I mean, that's how much working and doing this stuff I care. And it's like yesterday, I had asked Mr. Boss when they made the announcement on Star Trek, um, you know, and he, he made a comment, you know, there's days where you just, is this worth it? But I mean, there are things that are worth it. There are things that aren't worth it. And, you know, you get the junk like Star Trek stuff coming and you're just like, seriously, what's the point? So I think you have a valid question there about, at least with superheroes, mm-hmm. are they relevant? Because I know that it's one of those those topics that we see regularly on opinion pieces. Are are we at a star? Are Star Wars that too? Are we at a superhero fatigue? I don't think we are. Yes. Uh, yet. 
or is it are we at a superhero fatigue for the known ones, but give us some of these little random ones like the Stallone movie we watched that, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, it's like indie comics versus non-indie comics. I don't know. And that's a ball that I don't know anything of. My, if, my theory is, that is if you do a good movie with a good story, people will watch it. Yeah, I mean, maybe if you're doing if you're doing superhero movies, romantic comedies, it might not do as well as as if it was done, you know, if it was put out during a time when everybody loved that type of movie. But if you do a good movie, people are going to go and watch it. And I think everything everywhere is kind of a good example of that. Right. Won a bunch of Oscars was kind of a weird little movie. um, And it did well because it's good. Um, So. You know, that's my thought. You'd make a good movie, people will watch it. Well, and I think the other part of that too is you have uh, you have not not superhero fatigue so much as bad movie fatigue, and you have you know mm. people people are starting to realize that some of these films are not telling very good stories, and I think that's one of the things where. Uh, the Dungeons and Dragons movie, for example, is going to do well, and I think it's going to have uh, positive word of mouth. It it's going to get killed by John Wick. There's no question about that. But uh, I think I'm hoping, and we talked about this last night on the Thursday Night Throwdown over on Comics Division Channel. I'm hoping <clears throat> that you know people get past John Wick and they get past Mario, which is next weekend. And we've already seen we've already seen the big movies, and there's positive word of mouth and positive press and positive buzz about this Dungeons and Dragons movie. Maybe we'll go see this the third weekend, and it'll have legs, and it'll do well. It, it's a it's a fun movie. It's not great. It's not epic Lord of the Rings level adventure, but it, for what it is, it's it's pretty good. It's it's I was entertained, and that's the key. You know, and you know, he keeps talking about it to everybody. Well, and he's even he's he keeps sitting there and telling me the same thing. And I mean, if you just put him out there as the mouthpiece, you know, there there we go. But this is for him to sit there and be this far out from seeing it and still talking very positive and stuff. That's that says a lot. I mean, I know there's a lot of people out there in the world, but I'm just saying from this side and seeing him and all the stuff that's come through, I, for him to go that far, it says a lot. So if anybody's listening and hear him, you might actually want to listen, except for me, because I'm the wife. It, it sounds like a good quality movie, like as I, I keep calling them 80s movies, right? Where you see a movie in the 80s, you could sort of expect a certain level of quality, which I yeah. don't think we meet nowadays well and that's something, that's something that so it tim sounds I, like a good you know a yeah. good movie just that overall there's something that tim and i noticed when we were talking about it uh, after the after the fact um i pointed out that this feels like tone wise it feels like that very thing you know the the late 80s early 90s you had conan the barbarian you had krull you had uh, uh beastmaster you had sheena you had all of these, uh, all of these uh, high fantasy uh, stories that didn't have very good budgets, and this one, Dungeons and Dragons, feels like kind of in that same 
family of films, only it's got a better a better budget to it. And it, it you know, there, there's there's a couple of places where you're like, well, yeah, okay, but it's it's not woke. I know culture culture casino thinks it's woke all over the place. I don't see that, but you know, it's it it doesn't emasculate the male characters the way everybody's assuming based on that one interview. <coughs> I think. Can I, can I can I interject something there? Yes. Oh. If it's if it's not the case, and I believe you that, that that is, what would possibly motivate someone to come out and say that? To to say, hey, you know that thing that's kind of a hot button that pisses people yeah. off. Let me go and let me let me go and touch that hot stove. You know, I think he was making a joke. I, I think he was making a joke. You remember when Taika Waititi, when they first started talking about Taika Waititi making a Star Wars movie, and he made the gag. He's like, well, I'm going to ruin it for half the fans. You know, it, it it was just one of those things, just kind of an off the cuff remark. Where and and there were people that were in particular camps of the fandom menace who sat there and said, "You see, they're even talking about it." They're, they're talking. It's like, hold on, nobody can take we, a joke anymore. We are. We have gotten to a point where we are so oversensitive to anything anybody says that we jump off the cliff every time we jump to conclusions, and we, it's it's. It's coming back to bite us. We've got to be careful about this stuff that we don't just assume just because of something that somebody said, assume that it's going to be politically driven or ideologically driven or, you know, identity politics or woke or whatever. It's not. Who is it? Who is it biting? It's not biting me. I'm not losing anything. No, the, the, but the, the people making this and putting the money behind it are losing. Well, no, but I think I think it's yeah. it sets up it's biting us because it sets up a division within the fandom that cares about this stuff and it damages the credibility of the of the alternate media, our YouTube channels and stuff. When we sit there and we say, Oh, well it's gonna be woke and then it turns out not to be woke, well that makes us look bad. You know, well, it makes it makes I, us I will look, agree that there there, there are a, a group of people as, out there that, a, that keep on wanting to monetize that argument, whether it's true or not. So yeah. I, I think you're right about that. <laughs> well, and I think the other part of that, too, as is— As a person is, with an inappropriate sense of humor, I would totally say something like, like that. Like, <laughs> right. I would totally—even if it's not woke, I'd say, oh, yeah, it's going to be— su-. And then everybody would be like, you're like, oh, crap, yeah. you know. Well, I mean, it doesn't you matter know, if I say it because I don't have a mul- uh, you, movie— behind me yeah. but uh but it, yeah, yeah. And, and you could make that funny right you could you could play up to that it's like oh yeah we're gonna ask you know and and make it a joke right you know clearly clearly make it a joke but the media is complicit in this as well because the the mainstream media wants this narrative out there so when they does say we're gonna emasculate the male character they don't they don't think anything of it well of course we are because chris pines you know white heterosexual well, of course we're going to make him the the butt of the joke. And they don't in the movie, but, you know, the damage is already done. So And the mainstream media uh, reports it straight while, you know, the guy might have been obviously making a joke where yeah. he laughed afterwards and, uh, you know. Yeah. But they'll just report it straight, right? And, well, you know, and it then- doesn't— and then it doesn't translate from written anytime, from, you know, video to written, right? Yeah, and anytime you get disagreements among the fandom about this, that's what the media will latch onto and say, "Look at how terrible they are! Look at the other thing! It's all this toxic stuff!" And they latch on to the fact that we're having disagreements instead of whatever the real story is, 
this becomes a distraction. All this neener, neener, neener between between fan groups when it should be the fans lobbying and demonstrating and activating up against the creators or or at, at least to the creators, maybe not necessarily against the creators, basically sitting there saying, hey, give us more Terry Metalis, less Alex Kurtzman. You know, those, those situations... And, and saying, we like this, more of this, please, instead of just assuming that everything is going to be terrible fr- fresh out of the gate. And what's the point? Well, why should I even bother to try to make something you're going to like? Because you're not going to like any of it anyway, and I'm just going to go do my own thing and forget you. You know, that's, that's almost well, where I... we are at this point. Go ahead, Snob. I just... It's a little bit in the... You're cutting out because I, I admit. Oh, am I? Yeah, uh, you're back okay, now. You, but... Is this better? Yeah. All right. Rubber banding a little bit. Um, so I mean, part of the problem is that the fans have been disappointed so often that sure. they're willing to jump to any conclusion. As soon as they hear something, they're boom, they go at it. And there, are, of course, there are people in the alternate media who make, uh, you know, a living, you know, doing that, jumping to conclusions. I. I, myself, I try to wait till the show comes out, but you know, I find myself even you know guilty of that. Yeah. It's just you know you've been disappointed so often and told so many times, no, 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 this time it's going to be good, and they do the exact same stuff. No, we won't do that again. Yeah, they do the same stuff again. So you know, and I and I they're, totally they're... get being gun shy about that stuff. I I absolutely I've done it myself. Yeah, I, it's it's one because Mindy and I will have these conversations like. Oh, I don't know why they said that. You know what that means, don't you? And then I have to, I have to kick myself and say, "Hang on, we can't." You know, there are some people where you can reasonably make that assumption about what it is based on what they say, and others maybe not so much. But we get into the habit of assuming that everybody is that way, and I think that's a mistake. Cam, what were you going to say? I mean, you know, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, <clears throat> I don't. I've, I've kind of, I've gotten away myself from hate watching things, with the exception of Rings of Power. Uh, I'll hate watch that. <laughs> but uh, you know, the way I see it is, uh, they need to earn my money. I don't. I don't owe them anything. I, I don't. You know, and I'm not saying people sh- should be monetizing false claims. Uh, but the way I feel is, if, if Star Wars wants me back as a customer, and clearly they don't. Um, then it's their job to prove to me that they're offering what I want. I, I don't, I don't owe them anything. Um, you know, that's, that's just my position on it. Yeah. No, I would totally agree with that. I mean, that's the, the they, I mean, they have to win, you know, your money every time really. Um, but you know, they can, they can trick you. They can, you know, they can say, Oh, I like the first two Ant-Mans. This one can't be that bad. And then of course, but you know, it's risky take with anything. Right. right. Any type of entertainment, you never know. Though I have, but that's why you know, reviews and sites like this are popular because hopefully they'll, you know, we can follow YouTubers or whoever that Wait, can give us. Who, you know, who told you? Who told you that about, this you know, site a, a was good... popular? We're popular. <laughs> when did that happen? <laughs> wow. Oh, did I say popular? I didn't. I, yeah. I don't. I don't mean popular with a large P. I mean small uh, yeah, P. Popular. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm just saying that hopefully you can find uh, you know people online who who sort of reflect 
your your thoughts and that you know if they give you a bunch of you know good recommendations you can say hey i like i know that that guy you know he's probably got a good his take is probably going to be reflective of mine and if he says this is a good movie yeah. or a bad movie or good <clears throat> bad whatever then i've got a good chance that uh you know it'll fit with me and i will like it yeah you know uh i like i said <clears throat> you've been talking about this for a few weeks um as Mrs. Boss pointed out, you know, and, and very positively. And I don't, I can't deny that I haven't seen it, but I also don't care at this point because I, and I understand what you're saying. It's like, it's sure, about good sure. entertainment, but they've made it about politics, you know, especially the D and D thing, you know, as you know, yeah. I'm kind of heavily involved in it. They, they made an enemy of me. I didn't go out looking for trouble. And so, okay, that's the way you want it. Fine. You're not getting my money. I, so I don't care if it's a great movie at this point. And, and I'm, I'm admitting that's my stance on it. I'm and, not saying it's a bad movie. I'm not going to lie about it. Either. Yeah, and I totally get that. There's there's a certain segment of fandom for any of the franchises that are going to be that way, and 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 absolutely justified. You're you're absolutely right on that. You know, I we we blame the fans. That's not a good take to have. But at the same time, <clears throat> as we've seen with Picard season three, for example. Sometimes you get somebody in charge that says maybe we should swing back to center a little bit and and do something that the fans will appreciate. And I think those those moments kind of get lost in the sauce because we're all oh, my anger and it's you know the the good stuff gets gets set aside and we get Starfleet Academy. I think it also depends on what you're looking for. You know, if, if you're looking, <clears throat> if, if you really, your desire is, it's like, man, I would love to see that Enterprise crew back together again mm. and enjoy the member berries, which there's nothing wrong with, then yeah, you're getting that. But I also see the other side. It's like, well, you know, this, this season three was built on two seasons of pretty bad stuff. And for, for me, the setting and consistency of a story matters. And so I, I would have a hard time enjoying it, even though the, the specific things that I'm seeing are enjoyable. I, I can't let go of the bigger picture yeah. as a, a consumer. And I can understand that. I, now, yeah, I, will, so, I will point out that Picard yeah. Season 3 is almost a completely different show. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, they acknowledge some story points as far as, like, you know, Picard being dead and, and all of that. Jokingly. but. But they're they're throwaway lines, and and most of what happened in season one and season two are gone. Well, and everybody I've talked to about the show, I've pretty much oh well, I haven't caught up. Don't bother, don't bother. You don't need to. Yeah, you can go straight into yeah. this and so enjoy. Jason and I. Uh, yeah, so Jason and I disagree on this. I I think Picard season three is bad. Uh, it's not as bad as season one and two, but it's still not good uh, television. It's not good science fiction. And if you were to, you know, know nothing about Star Trek or, or you know, had no um, uh, investment in the next generation and want to see the old crew back together, you mm -hmm. wouldn't recommend the the show. That's that's my my thought about it. Um, I'm also going to take the uh, I, I take your point about not sh uh, seeing stuff even if it's good good because they've pissed you off. And uh, you know I think Doomcock was saying something about that. Uh, 
today or yesterday on Twitter, and he's sort of saying that you know Starfleet Academy has been announced, and yeah. it's apparently it's under secret uh, hideout in Kurtzman. It is. And Jumcock is of course going around saying, "Hey, I told you so." You yeah. know, you guys said, See, "Hey, Picard season the, three isn't that bad," and you started watching it. The and thing now is, they're bringing back the idiots who ruined everything. Well, the thing so, is, is, I mean, the, not saying that that's true or not, but hang on, it, hang on. The it, thing he's the got thing a, is, a point. Yeah, but but. The thing is, Doomcock also neglects to mention that Kurtzman's deal goes through 2026. So regardless of any other thing that happens with Terry Metalis, Secret Hideout has got another three years on their deal. I mean, that, that happened in 2021. So, you know, Starfleet Academy, Section 31, whatever else that Secret Hideout comes up with, that, that's already a thing. It, this this is not an indicator that we're getting more Kurtzman beyond the deal that's already in place. This is not an extension of that contract. This is just okay. He's he's here till twenty twenty six. He's going to be doing something, and Doomcock's going to be insufferable because you know it's that it's that kind of thing. Well, I, I told you so. <laughs> the deal was already there. Prepared? He's already yeah, but is, you know he's already doing that deal. So I mean. He almost but has are those to things greenlit though? Are, well, Starfleet you know, Academy are, are they required it. to make things? Well, see, and that's the other thing. You know, does that's he does he have to come up with something? Because if you look at the creative team on this Starfleet Academy show, I'm wondering if this is another acolyte. Because the people that are involved in this show have no track record at all. The person who is the exec the co showrunner has Three credits to her name on IMDb. The writer of the first episode has almost that many. Well, no, who was it? The the co-showrunner has three credits. The writer and director of the first episode. Who's already on. Who has already been on a number of shows that have failed. Have never made it past a, a, a first season. And then Tawny Newsom comes out. She's the voice of Mariner on lo- on Lower Decks. She comes out and says that she's in the writer's room for this show. And she's got no writing credits except for one little short film. I was like, why are you in the writer's room? You don't have any experience sure. as a writer. What? So is this going to, is, all right, so your theory is possibly that this is kind of like, uh, I was w- it? Silver, uh, no, no, Fantastic Four, where as long as something's done, even if it never comes out. You know, that could be. It could very well be. You know, we have to, you know, Constantine Films does this with Fantastic Four. We have to maintain the license, so we got to put something into production. And that could be all this is. And with Kurtzman, his name's going to be on everything regardless, because like you were saying, with his company, he's going to end up being an executive producer, right? So no matter who's doing anything, he's going to have his name in print. Yeah. Yeah. I think think the battle is between... Like from the the Doomcock versus the other side would it would be the battle between um, making something Star Trek and not making something Star uh, Star Trek, which I I think the Doomcock side would would sort of be like I mean they're not no one else is going to make anything Star Trek because they have the license till right. twenty uh, twenty twenty six. Yeah. But I think there's that portion of the fandom would rather not see anything and have quote Star Trek quote destroyed uh, any more than it already has been. Yeah. Getting a bunch of more crappy shows, so that's the kind of the the battle between. Uh, well, know, and and getting a green light to develop a series 
doesn't necessarily mean that that series is actually going to make it on the air because how many projects, not just not just with Star Trek, but how many projects have been announced in the last five, six, seven years that, that never have seen. never shown up? I mean, well, and it's interesting you bring that up because I sit there and every day open up Facebook and it's like, here's your memories. And for all the years before we went quiet on the web, we would always do, this has been picked up, or this has been greenlit, or whatever. And you you look at these, and you're kind of like, uh, we haven't heard about these in yeah. forever. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's just kind of like, hi, I'm here, bye, yeah. and that's it. MS has to head yeah, out. Thanks for th being here. And, I mean, uh, it seems a good day. the, the uh, Hollywood... Um, system nowadays seems to be i mean before in the past they would would they wouldn't invent they wouldn't announce anything until it's pretty much done and about to come out yeah right and nowadays it's more of like throw it against the wall and see what sticks or at least at least that. if it's if it if they're shooting because then we could get photographs and we could get stuff from the set and you know interviews and whatnot behind the scenes stuff while they're in production but you know we're not even getting that with some of these things that are supposedly being shot you know, skeleton crew, acolyte. You know, I'm still not convinced that acolyte's really happening. But you know, I'm still waiting for uh, Ryan Johnson's uh, Star Wars trilogy. That officially has been killed, finally. So yeah, finally. Yeah. <laughs> After how many years? I know, right? <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's it's like it's, ever... it's 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 uh it's almost like. The media, the, well, the trades are not objective journalism anyway, but the trades are the hype machine, the PR machine for the studios. And they're complicit in presenting this idea, this notion, of, well, yeah, this one's in production and this one's going and this one's going. And we get so many announcements of different projects that are moving forward and then, and then not. I mean, you know, we've had some Marvel stuff that didn't go anywhere. And, uh, you know, I expect we'll get some Doctor Who stuff that gets announced that doesn't come to fruition. You know, you can you can put stuff into development all the time, you know, and the way it used to work, the networks would the networks would have various different stages of green lighting a project that you either we could order a pilot. You know, we could go into development, and in which case it's just show me what you got. We'll see if we move forward with it and spend money on it. You can order a pilot, <laughs> which is make your first episode. Let's watch it and see if we want to do this. Uh, or you go, you go uh, straight to series, and there's various options on that as far as pickups and and that kind of thing. Now, what where, are first looks? What What do you mean? Well, okay, blah 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 signs with Paramount. So a first look deal, okay, let's say let's say Ryan Johnson signs a first look deal with Universal Pictures. That means that anything Ryan Johnson comes up with as a new creative endeavor, he takes it to Universal first and says, "This is my idea. Do you want to do it?" And Universal can sit there and go, "Yes." Or they'll say, "Now nah, we'll take a pass on this one. We'll look at the next one." In which case, then he can shop it around to any other studio, anybody else that he that he wants to do it. So a first right look a first deal basically reason. says, "I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna develop this idea and I'm gonna pitch it to this particular studio first. They have right of first refusal, 
and then we can go other places if they don't want to do it. But you know, if yeah, so if, if, if if things have been greenlit, you know, if Starfleet Academy has been greenlit and there's going to be a pilot written, then they've probably ordered a pilot. But doesn't necessarily mean we're going to get the series. And and who knows? Maybe they do some stuff like Marvel does with their one shot specials on on TV. Something could come of that yeah. too. You know, as long. I, but I think I think Mindy's right. I think this is kind of like Constantine Films with Fantastic Four. As long as as long as we we have to maintain the license, so let's have something in production just to do that. Um, but I mean, I don't know the. You might would probably know better than me. I mean, I know about that Fantastic Four deal that they mm -hmm. have, but I don't. I don't, you know, I don't know the details of of Secret Hideout's deal with um, about Star Trek, but I don't think they have that aspect to the deal, do they? I mean, they, they I have know. to do, maybe I, they might have to do things with them till 2026, but it doesn't like you have to do something or I don't you know, know. somebody now, loses the license. Like, Midnight's Edge was, was saying that uh, his, his deal now is more open so that Secret Hideout could do things besides Star Trek. Uh, which would mean, yeah. you know, CBS probably wants Kurtzman doing stuff besides Star Trek. But at the same time, you know, Clarice was a failure. Man Who Fell to Earth was a failure. You know, Alex Kurtzman does not have a very good track record when it comes to this kind of stuff. So I think from an administrative standpoint, yeah, his name's going to be on it. But I have a feeling that people are going to sit there and go, you don't touch it. Get somebody else to run this show. You know, whether it's Terry Metalis or whoever else. But I have a concern when you get a show that gets announced and everybody that's announced as producers and writers on it have no track record at all. That has me wondering if we're looking at now a situation kind of like you got over at Marvel where you have these, you know, directors and writers who come in and they've only got one or two or three films to their name. And they're not really the ones in charge. It's Kevin Feige in charge. And Kevin Feige is telling them what this movie is going to look like and how it's going to go because it's got to fit into all this other stuff. And then you got this showrunner scenario where your producer is the one who's actually making all these movies. And you got Victoria Alonso going in with the visual effects people saying, make it look like this. And your your directors and your and your writers don't really have that much control over what the story is actually going to do. And if Starfleet Academy is going to be the same kind of thing, then the next question is, well, if the creative people aren't the ones actually creating it, who is? And if it's Kurtzman, yeah. it's going to be crap. If it's somebody like a Terry Metalis or Manny Cotto or maybe, you know, uh, Nicholas Meyer, then it might be okay. I mean, they've been wanting to do a Starfleet Academy since Harv Bennett was in charge of Star Trek. So yeah. this is not a but they, new but idea. Those, but those people are not. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the first Lower Decks from uh, from uh, uh, Next Generation was a very popular, uh, very popular uh, episode. Yeah. Uh, well, so yeah, was but the one with um, the first duty uh, with uh, Wesley at the Academy. Yeah. 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 That was yeah. part of the, that was part of the. But like I said, that, this, that this goes back. Line. This goes back to Star Trek, you know, uh, around the same time as Star Trek 
four or five, uh, you know, there's been discussion because when five didn't do very well in the box office, I think that's when we first started hearing rumblings about wanting to recast and go younger because that was that was the original idea for Starfleet Academy when Harv Bennett had it was that we were going to do a prequel and go back to Jim Kirk's time as a as a lieutenant, as a as a cadet and do Starfleet Academy, and he meets Spock, and it's basically the origin story of the original series. And that never flew, and the fans sat there and went, we don't want that. So, you know, this it's it's not a new idea. But the fact that this one is going to be set post-discovery, that's the other problem, because that means we're going to get that group that's still... 31? Pro- yeah, 3190 or something. Century? Oh, yeah. really? That's kind of a, that's yeah. a mistake. Because it says, um, it says yeah. after a hundred years, we're reopening the academies. Okay, that says it's after, it's it's post-discovery third, right. st- fourth season. Yeah, because yeah. they were, what, 120 years? Or yeah. Whatever, whatever it was. Yeah, um, I mean, it seems kind of strange. Back to your old point, you know, they were, you know, they're bringing all these new people in. But usually when they bring in a bunch of, you know, new people who don't have much credit to them, people are going to look and go, hey, what the heck? They'll usually come and say, hey, but these people are really big fans or they're going to have this guy over top of them who's going to make sure that it's, you know, because this guy really knows a lot about it. But I don't see any of that. Maybe I'm missing it, but it makes, you know, it makes it a little more worrisome. Yeah, I I have concerns. I I skimmed the article. I didn't see I didn't see anything that was, you know, other than I I, I posted the whole, you know, we're going to have a big, uh, you know, we have a, the most diverse population of students ever admitted yeah. to the academy. Well, I mean, you know, it's a space show with aliens all over. you think it'd be pretty diverse anyway, but uh, makes it kind of strange they're, they're pushing that again. You know? Thank you. Yeah. I said the it's same thing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It it's is. the same, you know. Are you going to tell me, is it going to be good? No, you're going to tell me we have a diverse population of students ever admitted okay well which i mean it's could a, be it's good. a science fiction show it could set be a thousand good. years in the future it could yeah, be it good could be. but it's going to depend on the writing and if you've yep. got people that have never done this before and okay fine you're a fan big deal if you don't have yeah. any experience writing i'm not going to trust you to write it uh, i'm a fan too but you wouldn't want me writing the show yeah, I mean, I could come uh, up with ideas. These people aren't even writers. I mean, they're 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 barely writers. Yeah, I mean, they haven't done much writing. They they haven't. I mean, they have. I mean, literally, I mean, Tawny Newsom does not have any writing credit at all. I mean, she's got one short, and that's it. She's not a writer. You know, I I would I would trust you know, Amy Jo Johnson, the Pink Ra- Pink uh, Power Ranger. You know, she's she's gotten into writing and directing, and that's her thing. Let her have it. Yeah, it could be anybody, as long as they've got a track record, and and have proven themselves to be capable of handling the job. You know, but don't don't give me a bunch of people that have worked on shows that have been canceled after the first season. That clearly says that you're making stuff nobody's watching. So you did something wrong. It it seems strange to me distrust. Such a big show, like you know, like a Star Trek, a Star Wars, a Marvel. Yeah, these are huge properties. You know, probably the three largest brand uh, entertainment properties in the world. And you're bringing in these people who are like, 
have you ever written anything before? Nope. All right, in you go. Yeah. You're the guy. Yeah. Like, you would think that those would be the things that would be most protected, right? You know, you go and you do some uh, Hallmark um, romance uh, movies a couple on a, with a $10,000 budget first and prove to yeah. me that you can direct that first before I'm going to let you run my uh, $200 million movie. Yeah, well, and that reinforces, but, that reinforces this notion that they're not the ones really in charge of running the movie or the TV show. It's, it's people... People responsible for the IP, whether that's, you know, Feige or Kathleen Kennedy or whoever, basically telling them this is what you're going to do. You're you're yeah, we're, I mean, even, you're you're rubber stamping what we're gonna tell you is the story. Even then, why not pick someone with a little more experience? Like it the cost like, you know, your cost when you're making a movie or a TV show, the cost of the writers or the director is probably one of your lower cost items, right? Like, I'm, you know, I'm not an expert, not but I'm thinking that the stars are getting the most amount of money, not well, the writers. And the... You're, the, way, the way it breaks down, you have a, what's called above the line and below the line in terms of which jobs are where. And your executives, your producers, your directors, your director of photography... All of those are considered above the line. The below the line are the grips, the electricians, the the catering, right. hair and makeup, and, and, and that sort of thing. And any of the above the line union jobs, big, big, big productions especially, but any anything above the line, they're going to be getting paid quite a bit. Uh, directors as well as producers and the, the director of photography... Maybe not necessarily the guy actually operating the camera. Camera operator gets paid a certain amount, but the director of photography gets paid a pretty good chunk of change, and all okay, the producers but, do too. Okay, so let me but let me ask a question though. So, and I and I don't I don't know the I don't know this. So, I mean, if I hire, like, it's not likely to break my budget if I'm going to go with. Let's say I got some writers. I'm going to hire a bunch of media writers versus I'm going to hire a bunch of bottom of the barrel people who have never written before. Like that's not going to be the difference between making or breaking my TV show and breaking the budget. Is it not it, or am I wrong? It's not. I don't think it's a budget consideration. I think it's a control situation. I think it's we can if 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 we oh. hire if we hire a bunch of people who don't know what they're doing, then it's it will we'll just tell them what to do. I, I don't think I don't think that it's a budget consideration because it's happening it's happening too frequently and and now you have you have this story coming out here this week uh, basically says you know well Marvel Marvel is just telling the creatives what to do which is something that people have suspected. I mean, I've kind of had this little nag, nagging thought in the back of my head for a while that, you know, Feige has got his hands in too many pies, you know, with regard to what the movies are being told. And we've had these things, you know, we've had these directors and these writers come back out and complain a little bit. They had to change things in order to fit with this other, this other movie that's coming out. Well, I had to do this in order to fit with that one. You know, we've, we've seen that. So there have been indicators yeah, and before, and I think the other the other the other properties, you know, Star Trek and and I haven't seen anything like that with regard to Doctor Who yet. But they're just now starting to launch that 
shared universe thing that Davies has got in mind. Who knows what that's going to look like? Yeah, see, I, I don't have a problem with that in the case of it's a shared universe, right? Yeah. It's just like the whole, hey, we're going to do a three-movie a th- three uh, trilogy. You know, we need to have a certain you know, con- uh, uh, timeline. We have certain continuity between the things. I mean, that just makes sense to do that, right? Right. But then, you know, uh, it just seems like, I mean, you could understand that. You, you'd think with a strong... Uh, personality at the top with a with a vision as to you know these movies are going to go this route etc etc then you'd see some sort of good movies but what we're seeing in marvel phase four and just the start of five is is hey maybe they've got an overarching idea but they're sure the pieces that they're using to build that are pretty crappy i mean have have we had a good we haven't had a good marvel movie in phase four part of that maybe spider-man which is Spider-Man, but that's not even really that's, a Marvel that's movie. Sony. That's Sony. Yeah. Well, I think part but of it that's is. The only good one. I think part of it is that they're on a schedule, and we have to make these release dates. And you have the 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 films are so dependent on the visual effects, and it's here. Here's what's going to happen. Make this. Make it look like this. Make these characters do this. And there's no story in those action sets. It's just. You know, Captain America runs across the canyon and does this flip and you know, fights these orcs and this thing explodes and this thing starts flying through the air and this thing explodes and you have this transdimensional gap over here, this portal over here. It, you have all of these things, but none of them are real. You you have you have so much heavy reliance on the visual effects people to tell your story. Again, and and that goes back to well, I don't even need a director. All I got to do is just tell the visual effects people what's going to happen in this. Well, there's also yeah. the the rumors about She-Hulk, where they were supposedly they just shot a bunch of scenes that that had no no story guiding any of them. Yeah, it was just well, here, just, just heard do that these one things. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's true or not, yeah. but that that's uh, a rumor. I I would I mean, believe it. I, I think. I think the other aspect to that, I think, Jason, you're right. The other aspect to that is that, oh, the Normies will see it anyway because it's got Marvel slashed, splashed on it, so who gives a crap? Yeah. Well, we know we're going to make, we should make our, at least make our money back. So who cares? Yeah, and Ant-Man People proved, anyway. Ant-Man proved but, that that's not, that's no longer the case. And I think that's yeah, one of the I reasons mean, why Victoria Alonso got fired. You can only get, you can only get, uh, you know, fool me once, shame on me. Yeah. I think we're we're at the fool me twice, three, four times stage. Yeah, something like that. Well, I mean, you you have uh, I think you have a confluence of of things happening all at once, because you've got the Karen McCarthy thing, you've got you know you've got whatever's going on at Lucasfilm, you've got you've got the meeting that Iger had with Kathleen Kennedy, you have the uh, uh, the breakdown, you all of this uh, noise that's coming from the visual effects houses saying we don't want to work with Marvel ever again anymore ever because now we're her- yeah. hearing victoria alonzo is such a terrible person hey, all of these things are start rolling out here all at once and then now you've got the jonathan majors thing Every, disney just ke- keeps taking hit after hit after hit after hit and people are saying like, you know disney owns marvel we're not going to give them our money and that goes back to what we were talking about before you know where it's my dollar i can control where those dollars are spent at least for now, and I'm not going to give it to you because I don't like what you're doing. 
company. So, you know, it's it's not just Disney, Marvel, but a lot of these corporations are starting to feel that comeuppance because the 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 audience, the marketplace is realizing, hey, you guys are focused on the wrong thing. You're not you're not concentrating on giving me a quality product. You're trying to tell me what kind of a person I am because I don't like your product or I or I, you know, whatever, you know, and they're starting to feel that pinch. <laughs> yeah, and and I got to say, you know, when I saw Ant-Man and I'm kind of embarrassed to say that I saw it because it's that bad, but uh, it's me and this buddy of mine, we go to see movies all the time together and uh we hadn't seen each other in a while and we're like, "Hey, we got to go. Okay, we should see a movie." And we're like, "Okay, well, what's that playing? Wasn't much playing. All right, let's see Ant-Man." And I had a really low opinion of it and uh, we came out of it and we both agree that it's bad bad and i said well it was actually not as bad as i thought, thought it would be because my opinion was like so low and he said higher than mine going in and and he was like but we both agreed it was bad so yeah uh, yeah but had any any type of interest and you know it was something to do with my buddy and uh both of us went in with low expectations and we were not disappointed yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, gentlemen. Well, I think we have uh, we have wound down to a point where we can wrap up and uh, and let people know uh, where to find us. Uh, you know, uh, Sci-Fi has got a YouTube channel. Cam, you don't have anything on YouTube, do you? No, sir. Okay. All right. Uh, we do have the Discord. We do have all of the different places on the social medias where you can find us. And uh, coming up in about 20 minutes, uh, Culture Casino has got his Friday pre-flight, so you go check that out. Um, yeah, the Discord's there, the different video platforms where you can find us, 10 different social media, and, uh, and, and all that good stuff. So, um, oh, wait, you've got... You've got something that you're going to say to me, Mrs. Voss? You're not going to ask where they can find me? <coughs> ask where what? You're not going to ask where they can find me on the net? <laughs> where they can find you? <laughs> they can't find you on the net. I mean, they. I, I guess they could, but anyway. All right. Uh, never, 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 never mind. All right. That's it, folks. <laughs> Thanks very much for being here. Um, we'll be busy next week, too. Uh, we've got stuff stuff and things happening uh good morning multiverse tomorrow morning back at its regular time and uh that's foreign it for bodies. us for uh foreign bodies tomorrow back to india and uh then we'll do it all again next week thanks for being here folks remember the uh the politicians hate you the media lies to you god has a plan for you and there are four lights this has been a presentation of SciFiForMe.com. Copyright 2023 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Sci-Fi For Me Radio. 